Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's time now for NFL Best Bets, NFL Conference Championship Sunday. We've got Brandon Anderson here, Anthony DeBundo, and Grant Niefer for more playoff football picks. If you haven't done so already, you can find the video version of our podcast on the Action Network YouTube page. Please like the video. Also subscribe to the channel to find our other great content as we lead up to the Super Bowl and also this coming Sunday. Once you hit subscribe, uh, you can get access to everything. It'll pop right up on your screen when we're live. It's great. And, of course, on the listening side of things, five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts are greatly appreciated. You can find Grant, DeBundo, Brandon, individually in the free award-winning Action Network app. You can find our other contributors in the Action Network Discord server, uh, including uh, this episode. In the description, you'll find a link there. Chat it up with some of the experts, and it's a great way to form your own gambling community. Divisional round, three and three for the podcast, all in all for the season, 102 and 87. Uh, with only two games this week, the guys are once again bringing two best bets to the table. We will start with Brandon Anderson. We will go AFC, then NFC. Work ourselves uh, chronologically as the Sunday winds down. So let's go to Baltimore, Kansas City. Brandon's first pick. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the under, but I'm going to take the second half under 22 and a half. Really, for for all the talk that we're rightfully getting about Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, when it comes down to in this game, I just trust the defenses more. I trust the defensive coordinators more. So. Kansas City coming off probably their best offensive game of the season against the Bills, right? But the things they did against Buffalo, I don't think are going to work here. They won deep. MVS actually caught passes for the first time in his life. Baltimore is like top three against the deep ball. So I don't think that's going to happen here. Kansas City owned the middle of the field. They ran a ton of 12 and 13 personnel. Lots of tight ends out there. Why? Because Buffalo is literally out of linebackers. They had nobody left. Baltimore is one of the best linebacking crew in the league. So... Buffalo's playing nickel against them. 
I think Baltimore can play base there. I don't see the stuff that worked for the Chiefs working here. And Joe Tooney, great guard. It looks like he's probably not going to play here. The other guard, Trey Smith, has yet to practice this week. I don't think that's a thing. But man, I would not want to have even him less than full. Uh, not great. The interior is the strength there. Their tackles have not been good all season. Like Jamar Taylor just got another false start just hearing his name talked about on this podcast. Like the man is a walking penalty. So what happens if we get interior pressure? We got Mike McDonald, all that defense, the creative pass rush. I think you saw against Miami cover zero. Baltimore doesn't do a lot of cover zero, kind of all out blitz there, but mixing that in here and there, getting Mahomes under pressure. Normally, not the thing you want to do. You want to blitz Pat Mahomes, but this year, Mahomes is 27th and with offense and DVOA under pressure. That's just not been their go-to because he doesn't have trust in his receivers to beat that regularly. And if you look for his career, the way you beat Mahomes is you force him to hang on to the ball longer and have to turn into playmaking because he's getting pressure coming at him. If he has under three seconds of throw, over 90% win rate straight up. If it's three seconds or more, basically 50-50, they're going to win the game. So that's how you get after the offense. I don't know that I really can buy the Chiefs offense is just back, quote-unquote, just because they beat Miami, they beat Buffalo, half the defense are in the hospital. So I don't know I'm ready to go there against such a good Baltimore defense, but I don't know that I trust the Ravens offense to have this huge game either. They're going to run. We all know they're going to run. They're a great run team. Chiefs are among the bottom of the league against the run. Run DVA, run, run stop win rate, bottom five and six there. But Chiefs are a top five pasty by DVOA. And honestly, we know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. The pass offense just hasn't quite passed the eye test for me as a top, top play there. Look, Lamar Jackson, we just watched against Houston last week. I know the final score said, dude looked like a rookie against the Blitz for an entire half of football. Like, oh my God, they're blitzing me. What do I do? I don't know. I'm getting sacked again. Steve Spagnuolo is going to have some answers and some tests for Lamar. And it looked like Lamar solved the blitz in the second half because he did. Because what did Houston do? They just kept blitzing every play. Spagnuolo is going to mix it up. He's going to blitz. He's going to drop. He's going to change up the coverages. And now you got Lamar Jackson guessing. The way they solved it is real easy. How do you solve a blitz to get the ball out faster? Like we all know that watching, but you can't do that every time if the coverages are changed. So I think Spags can get after Lamar a little bit. I just feel like there's a lot of avenues here for things to go low and uh, weather factor always in play. I don't want to do the weather report. We'll let DeBundo check in there, but possible wins here definitely helping under. Hmm. And then why second half under? You've heard us talk about on the podcast a lot this year. Chiefs second half unders 17 and two for the season. Like it looks like it has to be an error on the paper. If you had just bet Chiefs second half under all season, 100 bucks a bet. You're up $1,373 just from one season of doing that. And Kansas City in the second half of the season, 5.2 points allowed per game in the second half. Like, that has to be a typo, right? But the thing is, they're only scoring 6.6 under a touchdown themselves. Kansas City's defense has allowed over one touchdown only four times all season. That includes seven points in both second halves combined in the playoffs so far. And if you go back to the last seven games... 26 points allowed in the second half. That includes a Bengals game, Dolphins game, and two Buffalo Bills games. So this is just what the script has been all season. It's a tough game to read, but I lean under, and because of the second half, Chiefs trend so strong, I'm just going to narrow it to the second half under Chiefs-Ravens, second half under 22.5. Okay, and that right now at BetMGM, juice to the under, minus 115, so it might be one you want to play sooner. 
rather than later to get the best number at 22 and a half. Last week against Buffalo, total in the second half is 21. Chiefs did score 14, uh, but they were, they were so efficient in that game. They had five less minutes of time of possession. But their efficiency, whew, uh, but a, a different animal here with Lamar Jackson in that running game. Speaking of which, uh, Lamar Jackson, DeBundo, your first bet is surrounded by the quarterback in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson under 208 and a half pass yards. It has come down a couple yards. Uh, still think it's okay here uh, in this game, AFC Championship. I think both offenses are going to have a, a bunch of success running the ball. And Baltimore is probably going to use some of the stuff that I thought was really interesting last week, which was not using Lamar as just a scrambler, but using him as part of designed run offenses, which we hadn't really seen a lot in the regular season, but we saw them use more of in this game. And we saw the Bills use, you know, Allen as a runner and use that advantage uh, to create numbers of advantages against the Chiefs defensive front, which has not been good against the run, as Brandon was discussing. 26th uh, in run DVOA, bottom eight in EPA per rush allowed. Uh, they can get overrun here. And I think, you know, the one thing that they've really struggled with defensively is when teams have gone two backers against them, uh, two running backs in the backfield, they have been really bad against the run as well. So I think the, the Ravens can throw a lot of different looks at them uh, and, and really create a ton of success on the ground. And I think it's going to limit the amount that Lamar is going to have to pass explosively. You mentioned it uh, last week. You know, they played from a, from the front, which I think they're going to be doing again in this matchup. I would lean toward Baltimore if I had to bet the game as well, because I do think they have some real advantages. But if they're ahead, they're going to lean conservatively and lean on the run game and, and be successful at it to the point where I think Mahomes will get his on his side of the ball. But the Ravens are going to have the lead, be running efficiently. And I bet the, the last two games under, just because I think this – Chiefs secondary has been undervalued all year. They're really good at taking away the top receiver. Sneed's been excellent, and they can kind of roll coverage over the middle uh, if you know the Ravens are going to go two tight ends, two running backs, which I actually think we might see a decent amount of in this game, especially if Andrews is back in the lineup, uh, which tra- he's trending toward playing. So we could see like an Andrews, Hill, uh, Edwards, and likely lineup with just one receiver. I think they're going to go very... Uh, narrow and try to lean on the power run where the Chiefs have really had issues this year is stopping quarterback runs and stopping uh, power runs. So I think it's going to be effective for them to run the ball unless Lamar will go come in under his number, trusting the Chiefs defense. And look, like you said, Brandon, like Lamar was good against the Blitz in the second half last week. But generally speaking, when you think of what's the best way to stop Lamar Jackson, it's been the Blitz. And I think he's going to be able to run a a bunch and use his legs uh, to get out of those situations. Not necessarily uh, you know, throwing the ball explosively down the field. So I like the under for Lamar and uh, I think it's going to be right. You know, we were talking off air, Brandon and I, and cause we we're on opposite sides of the total. I don't necessarily think that a Lamar pass yards under is, you know, indicative that we're going to get an under in the game. The weather is certainly trending the wrong direction for overbetters because uh, the models are still uncertain about this storm event, but there is going to be some precipitation coming through from, from a low pressure system in, in Delmarva somewhere how much it stays around for the whole game is still uncertain, but certainly at the start of the game, it looks like it's going to be some rain. So uh, I, I am going to go with the Lamar under instead of my over as my best bet for this game. Can I, can I ask quickly, just devil's advocate with, and, and I thought likely was a good fill in tight end, but with Andrews back, does that at all make you think that maybe they'll look for Andrews more middle of the field for, for yards passing? I mean, certainly like he adds an element of explosiveness over the middle for them, but I think likely was doing just fine in that role. I agree. Uh, so I don't know how much more utility they get out of having both. Fair enough. Speaking of our friend Lamar Jackson, who is likely to win the MVP of the National Football League, <clears throat> Brandon, uh, we didn't do this last week. We should do it this week because Lamar advanced. He's in the conference championship. 
I uh, want to shout out M Torres with two S's, two R's, two S's. M Torres left a five-star review on the podcast a few weeks back going after Brandon and his review for the constant Lamar Jackson slander. And right. uh, here he is, conference title game at home as a favorite, granted against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But uh, And by the way, M. Torres, you want to email podcasts at actionnetwork.com. Our audio crew will take care of you. They're going to send you over some merch for your contributions. But it, you're helping, M. Torres, uh, continue the conversation, as we set up Brandon, because he's on the same play. But I'm sure there will be more negativity spun into this take from Brandon. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we love a good five-star review. We may as well give another five-star pick and give another Lamar under. That's, that's, that's a five-star pick if I ever heard one. It's funny because I prepped for this game on Tuesday and came away thinking I'm under on the game. And of all the props on the entire board, touchdowns, yards, carries, everything, the one prop I had marked is Lamar Jackson under. So as I'm usually kind of part of my process for the week, DeBundo's uh, pass or play column comes out like late Tuesday usually. And I, I try to do my prep and then check, okay, where's he at? So I read his whole column and we're exact opposite. He's over, I'm under, I don't love that. And then what happens? We come to the exact same prop at the end of the Lamar Jackson under. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's good that we can think of a very different script of the game and still like the same prop. I think that's a good uh, you know good process that depending on how the game goes, there's a lot of different ways we can get here. Just some of the numbers on Lamar Jackson under. Chiefs allowed 197 yards a game passing. So under 200, fourth lowest in the NFL. They've allowed under 200 yards passing 10 times already this season. 10 times under 200. That 200 does not seem like much to me. That was really surprising. That's both playoff games too, by the way. Josh Allen, 186 last week. Tua, 199. And that's Tua passing from behind all game, that one too. Chiefs have not allowed a 300-yard passer all season. So when I first spotted this one, before I even looked at a line, I was hoping for like a 180, 185. That's what I was kind of hoping. Maybe we get a line somewhere in that range. This was a 211 and a half when I first saw it. So uh, like we, like DeBundo said, I'd rather have the extra couple yards, but don't mind it there. Lamar's had five playoff games. One time he threw 59 times against the Titans, had 365 yards. The other four games, 194 and lower. So under in four of his five playoff games, doesn't have to be a slander pick. He can have a big game with running the ball. Like DeBundo said, he can escape and scramble there. I think a lot of times... Yeah design scrambles in some way can almost be like the most dangerous weapon that you have because of what Lamar does as a runner. He's obviously an absolutely electric runner. So I, I love the under here. I was going to make a note of it in my uh, game angle as my favorite prop for this one. And then thought I'd just chime in with the bundles. So we're, we're in on our five-star Lamar under. Yeah, this is the thir- third straight week for me. And, you know, I think the, the Chiefs defense past defense has been underrated all playoffs. And I think even last week you saw it, right? So some of it was Josh Allen and just kind of like the Bills' weapons just not being quite in sync. But the Chiefs did not allow a pass beyond five yards to be completed last week in the Bills game against Josh Allen, who's you know one of the best downfield throwers in the league. Granted, there wasn't a ton of attempts and there was a couple drops, but the secondary makes life very difficult for passers to throw down the field effectively. You saw that in every, just about every good quarterback they played this year struggled to throw it down the field efficiently. I just think that both offenses will have success running the ball here, and, and thus uh, they'll be an efficient you know, offenses, even though the, the pass won't necessarily be there for Baltimore down the field. Okay. I think we hammered the Lamar angle. Our, our Betty uh, 
Prop bet guys on the Lamar over rush attempts, too, over nine and a half, which that's moving to ten and a half. We'd rather get the nine and a half, a little juice. But uh, And I wanted to add quickly, uh, there is a lineup for Mark Andrews at BetMGM receiving yards, 34 and a half. Slight juice to the over. Okay, we haven't heard from Grant Niefer. Grant's been waiting patiently. Chime in on the pod. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually like that pick. I like Lamar under. I mean, it's strength. Baltimore being one of the best rushing offenses in the entire league versus the Chiefs, one of the best pass defenses, well below average in terms of run defense. It just makes sense for Lamar to rush the ball a lot. But I'm rolling with an over instead of an under, and I'm rolling on the Chiefs side of things, even though you guys both love the under. Still a decent chance it's going to hit, but – Rasheed Rice over 60 and a half yards is just a little bit low. This he's been fantastic the second half of the season. The Chiefs pretty much the entirety of the first half of the season were trying to figure out, all right, who do we put where? What do we do? Who's going to be the main guy? I mean, you have Hardman, you have MVS, you have all sorts of just kind of mediocre to bad wide receivers in this offense. Tony, like everyone has not been that great. And then Rice comes in here and he finally starts to do well in the second half of the season. They finally decide, all right, we're essentially giving him the not quite Tyreek rolled when it was Tyreek and Kelsey, but he's going to be the main guy. He's going to be the guy that's going to be heavily tar- targeted. He's going to be the guy we rely on. In the playoffs so far, he actually has more targets than all other wide receivers combined in this offense. And after what Hardman did last week, I don't expect him to get a ton of volume. Volume has been fantastic for Rice. He's hit the over at this number in eight out of the, or six out of the last eight games, had nine targets in six out of the last eight games. Last week, he only had four, but Mahomes only threw the ball 23 times, and Brandon kind of went over what was going on there. Linebackers over at Buffalo, not great, so they were just going to focus on running the ball anyways. Looking at the playoffs, like he has 177 rushing or receiving yards so far, and it's been terrible weather game. We talk about how it could potentially be raining, a little bit of wind. It's not like Mahomes hasn't had to deal with awful weather games. I mean, the wind chill in the Miami game was negative, Buffalo, it's playing in Buffalo. There was a ton of snow earlier on. It was cold. There's always wind in Buffalo this time of year. Like, he's played in some rough weather games so far in the playoffs already. And still, Rice is going to get a lot of volume. We talk about how MVS was heavily involved in the last game and actually caught two long bombs. And they've planned to throw downfield. And that Baltimore is much better at getting lower dot targets. Like, Rice is still going to be heavily involved in that, too. Like, he's – him and – Kelsey are the two guys in this offense that are going to get all the volume. So we can expect Mahomes to be more like he has for most of the season, 37, 40 passing attempts, not focusing as much on the run, even though Baltimore is a much better pass defense. Than they are a run defense. There's going to be a high volume of throws because that's just kind of the way this offense operates. I mean, t- Mahomes had 40 plus passing attempts in like seven games this year, six games this year, I want to say. Rice is going to get the volume. 60.5 is just too low of a number. Okay, uh, Nico Collins, while they only scored 10 points, Houston, Nico Collins, leading receiver, 68 yards through the air on five catches uh, in the divisional round. Okay, very good. By the way, uh, BetMGM offering Rasheed Rice 59 and a half receiving yards right now. Okay, Brandon, your second pick, please. What do you got? Yeah, let's go over to the NFC, and I can't make up my mind in this game on will Detroit score. I, I think the Niners' defense is a touch overrated. Obviously, we know I was fading them last week with the Packers. But we got Jared Goff outdoors. Their offensive line is banged up. I kind of wanted to avoid the Lions side of the equation. The one thing on Sunday that I feel most confident about in either game, I think the Niners are going to score. So give me the 49ers team total over 28 and a half. Like I think everyone agrees with these four teams left. This is the best offense, the Niners. This is the worst defense, the Lions. Like of the four, 
I think we pretty much all agree on that. What I think that we're missing, perhaps, is how much in both of those directions. Detroit's defense, they've had some real issues this season, especially against the past. San Francisco has been, when their guys are healthy, number one run offense and number one passing offense, but number one passing offense by DVOA by like a country mile. Like if you look at what hmm. the number is, the percentage there, really this should be their, their number one. And then like two, three, four, five, six are just blank spots to show you how far ahead of the field that they are there. And the passing defense is where Detroit is really uh, susceptible to be attacked here. When Purdy, McCaffrey, Debo, and Trent Williams play together, they've lost one game ever. That's it. And it's the Baltimore game. It's a big one. We might get the rematch in the Super Bowl. But when those four are out there, they're demolishing teams. I personally think that Debo is the least important of those four. So I know he's hurt. We don't know right now as we're recording, will he play? He did get a limited practice in. I think that he's going to play. That's just my read of the situation. It's his other shoulder from what was hurt. You hear a lot about the Debo splits. The Debo splits look that way because Trent Williams and Purdy were also hurt in the games where Debo was, and I think they're more important than him. So I, I expect Debo to play. I will like this even if he doesn't because the Niners' offense is that good. The Lions' defense, I think, could have some real problems here. They had seven games this season out of their 18, came against a top half of the league DVOA offensively. Seven out of 18. Now, one of those is week one against the Chiefs. No Travis Kelsey, brand new offensive line. So I'm going to throw that one out. One of them is week four against the Packers, back when the Packers weren't good yet. Back before DeBunda was even watching the Packers. Before Jordan Love learned how to play football. <laughs> five more games. Lions played a top half of the league offense. Top half. That's it. Top 16. They gave up 37 to the Seahawks, 38 to the Ravens, 29 to the Packers, 20 to the Cowboys, 23 to the Rams. Over 29 points a game, 416 yards a game. They lost every one of those games, except, of course, the Rams game in the playoffs, which they won by one point. Probably should have lost by the numbers on that one as well, except for some of the clock management, coaching, et cetera, down the stretch. Last five games, here's quarterbacks against the Lions that they've played. My man Nick Mullins, 411 yards, then 396 two weeks later. Dak put up 345 in the playoffs. Stafford 367. Baker 349. That 345 or higher. All five guys. By the way, Purdy 340 or more plus 500. If you want to get in on a little long shot prop there, Detroit I think is going to give up a lot of passing here. And I don't love Detroit's offense playing from behind, but I do love Dan Campbell playing from behind because what happens? Dan's not going to just run the ball and be like, well, we had a good season, guys. Thanks for playing. We're losing here. Dan Campbell's going to start going for him fourth down over and over again if they fall behind. So if he does, turnover on downs. Oh, 49ers get the ball in the 25. Three plays later, another touchdown or a field goal. So we get some short field scores there. Brock Purdy's last five games as a starter. Three games are against Cleveland, Baltimore, Minnesota. Those are swarming defensive pressure, tough pass defenses. One game, he didn't have an arm anymore. He lost the ability to throw. The other one's a Baltimore game. Niners scored 19 or less in the five losses that Purdy had. He has 21 wins. They're averaging almost 33 points a game in those wins. They've scored at least 27 points in all but three of his 21 wins since he got into the lineup. They've had uh, 30 or more. That hits the over here, 15 of the 21. So, Unless you think the Niners lose, I think 27 is the floor here that we're expecting. And so we get the 27, and we need an extra field goal or touchdown. 
But I like this at 28 and a half. Some books have it 29 and a half. Numbers starting to tick up. I don't mind it because I'm going to take the escalator here. You know, I got to get one more escalator in here over 33 and a half plus 230. Niners have scored 34 or more five times already this season. And then the highest line I can find, 40 plus is plus 470. Detroit's allowed 37 three times already. The Niners scored 42 three times this season, once against the Cowboys, once against the Eagles. So like against the teams that are in the NFC playoffs that could have been in this game instead of the Lions. I think the Niners score at least 30. That hits the bet here. Give me the 49ers over 28 and a half team total. Jeez, I thought you'd just lay the seven at this point for crying out loud, but uh, <laughs> team total. It really Got it. sounds like he's laying the seven, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> so, hey, Tabundo, so you're, you're next. You, you got to pick here. You're, you're going to take a side and yeah. please weigh in on the possibility of Debo. If Debo's out, do we get a seven and a half? I imagine he plays two. I think Brandon's on it. He's probably going to play at the very least. He's a decoy. But give the other side of it. Why are you backing Detroit in some fashion? Has anybody made the other side of it? And like, if you listen to other sports media, it feels like everybody's just kind of penciled in the San Francisco 49ers into the Super Bowl. Look, well, damn it. Give the other side. Here's the thing. I, I think this is the most important question. Okay. And I'm listening. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy has now played two playoff games in his career. I'm not going to count Philly because he got hurt on the first drive. One was in perfectly fine weather. One was in bad weather. Everybody kind of wrote off last week and said, well, the weather was bad, and that's why Purdy played poorly. He couldn't but handle the rain, the conditions. Game-winning drive. Game-winning drive, and he looked good. Game-winning drive was solid. Yeah, he had a good good game-winning drive, um, but he was not good the rest of the game and really probably should have lost that game multiple times over with some dropped interceptions and miscues. Uh, Green Bay will definitely rue the day that they didn't win that game. Uh, red zone and, and drop picks and whatnot, but missed field goals. But uh, I really think we're underrating Detroit here. I think we've kind of all like I understand that their their pass defense is a problem, and like I think that's there's a reason that San Francisco is laying seven. It's the number one pass offense explosiveness, San Francisco against the number thirty two pass defense explosiveness. Whether or not Debo goes, I don't think he's going to be one hundred percent. He's always a risk for re injury. Um, if he goes, I think it may you may see seven and a halves. But I thought it was interesting today. A, a popular pick group gave out seven on San Francisco. The market went to seven and a half and got bought back immediately to seven. So I think when you consider the matchup here, right, the biggest difference is that Detroit can stop the run and they're the number one rush defense DVOA. Uh, they match up decently well in the trenches here. I think they can slow down the San Francisco offense. And then on the other side, I think Detroit can run the ball on San Francisco. And we just saw this game plan. We saw Green Bay come out, give San Francisco three possessions in the first half of that game. Detroit was, uh, San, Green Bay was methodical. They ran the ball effectively. They converted underneath. They had long drives. They didn't get enough points out of them, but it enabled them to stay competitive in the game where one or two almost mistakes from Purdy almost cost them the game. And I think Detroit can capitalize on that and be even better uh, because of their run defense holding up better than Green Bay's did. Detroit has better special teams than Green Bay too. So I think overall, the most overrated unit in this game is the San Francisco defense. And Brandon and I have talked about it. We talked about it last week. They're 28th against the run since week nine. They're bottom 10 in success rate since week nine. Like the second half of the season just hasn't been a great defense. And I think the biggest coaching edge in this game favors Detroit because I think Ben Johnson against Steve Wilkes is a huge advantage for Detroit. And I think the way that the two coaches are designed to play and coach these games, the way that they're wired, helps Detroit stay competitive here because Shanahan isn't going to trust his offense enough. He's going to be too conservative when obviously the plus EV play is going to be to go for it because you're facing a bad line secondary. He'll be more conservative. 
and he plays to keep games competitive, which is not great as a favorite and doesn't do enough to extend your talent advantage. And Campbell's gr- aggressiveness, I think any Lions bet in this game should be accompanied by a money line sprinkle because the way he coaches games to be aggressive, it could backfire. If you like San Francisco, I think you take alts. I think this is a high variance game, but I think Detroit's going to be competitive here if they're able to get some good fourth down variance. Uh, and if they get you know a couple of fourth down conversions, that's going to just grind the clock out and shorten the game to the point where uh, Detroit's going to be really live in this one. Uh, despite the obvious advantage that San Francisco has through the air. Again, we've all assumed that like Goff is is going to be the one that melts under pressure. Detroit gets a lot of pressure uh, defensively. They're number one in pressure rate. And I think they can get to this, you know, get to, Go- to Purdy. And again, like maybe it was the rain and maybe Purdy's just going to be elite again. But Purdy was elite for like two months last year, production wise, and then stunk in the playoff game against Dallas. They barely survived it. Then he was elite for a couple months, and then he kind of stunk in the in the playoff game last week, and he wasn't good against Baltimore either. Like there are still downside risk to laying a full touchdown in an NFC Championship game with what I still think is the inferior quarterback. So Detroit, maybe Detroit Island, restore the roar, and uh, hopefully the Lions can uh, pull off the unthinkable. Brock Purdy to throw an interception over half interception plus one hundred five. So that's changed too. I mean, that's, he was minus that's 110 throw pick last week, and he should have thrown about two or three. Yep. Okay, fair enough. But I think we're coming back. The favorite this week. That's actually interesting. You know, you would think you know, the more of the favorite the way, they are, Purdy, the less likely they are to throw. Purdy has uh, nine interceptions and four losses this year. You guys know I do the every game, every team column. Pretty clearly, I'm leaning Niners in this game, even though I didn't take officially a side here. I think my Lions pick is going to be, if you want to play the Lions, I think Purdy interception is the way to go. And... Three of the four losses this year, he's had parlay. multiple interceptions. So, yeah, I don't. You usually can't parlay the interception with the the team result. The, the books are mm. are wise to that. But little, over one and a half interceptions around even odds. But some books do have the the interceptions escalator. There's a plus five hundred for multiple interceptions for Purdy. I think that's the most likely path is the Detroit run script, and then Purdy starts to force in, gets a few mistakes there. Yeah, I'm gathering the book needs San Fran to win and Detroit to cover. That is what this is uh, feeling like um, at this stage. Okay, Grant, you got to break this tie. A lot of San Fran love, and then we got some Detroit love. Where do you stand? Your last pick for these uh, these games, NFC title game. Well, I mean, I love Detroit. Strangely enough, mine's a Detroit under, and it's Jared Goff under 260 and a half passing yards. And we know the entire script. We know the reason why I'm big. It's like the home road, well, not even the home roads, but the dome. Outdoor splits for Goff have been pretty drastic, especially since he's been over in Detroit. I mean, we look back to 2021, his first season there, 237 in a dome, 218 passing yards outdoors. Next year, it was 275 in a dome, and it was 243 outdoors. This year, it's 276 and 255. Like, every single year, we consistently see this Goff is much better in a dome, and they this year, we don't really have a huge sample size. Five games outdoor. Goff like, played multiple games on the road in the, domes. The, the Lions have played one road game in their last like 13 weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. And it was the Chicago game. Well, one outdoor I think they played game. more than one road game. They one played one road game. game. Sorry, outdoor. I meant outdoor, not yeah. road. Sorry, outdoor. They played yeah. at Minnesota. They played at Dallas. Yeah. Pardon me. Outdoor, not they road. They played at outdoor. New Orleans. Yeah. No, they've been in dome. So, we, first of all, he's out of practice playing. Outdoor. But he's Thank hit you. the under. So, he's played, I think, 10 games outside of a dome since the beginning of last season hit the under in seven of those 
Um, going back even one more season, uh, I think it's like four and 14 or five and 14. So he's hitting the under at a massive clip for this number on the outdoors. And then we look at the potential game script. I get the Niners being seven point favorites, but Detroit neutral game situations being playing from behind, whatever it is, they're going to run the ball still a decent amount. We put look at situation neutral pass play percentage. Detroit's way below everyone else. Like it doesn't matter what's going to what the game script is going to be. They're still going to run the ball a decent amount. Matchup: San Francisco, one of the better pass defenses in the league, one of the best. We just talked about the last nine weeks. San Francisco near the bottom in terms of run defense. Like they have Gibbs, they have Montgomery. They're going to run the ball a lot. Dan Campbell will exploit that. They're going to run the ball a ton. Jared Goff being outdoors, I still think he's fine. Like I still think he's a good player outdoors, but they're going to be running the ball a ton. It's just not enough volume to justify an over at this number. And I get he's been fantastic this season. I get in the playoffs, he has 287, 277 passing yards in those two games, both of which were in a dome, both of which are at home. We've seen Detroit at home put up massive numbers every single time. This is on the road. I'm against uh, Brandon here. I like Detroit. I'm with DeBundo. I'm also, I also like the under in this game. Okay, both of them, I think, Fine. are people just blowing out of proportion how good San Francisco's offense is and Detroit being in huge game scripts. But this is going to be very, very different situation playing outside of a dome with Detroit. And San Francisco having to rely heavily on the pass. I mean, Purdy, he's been good this season. Don't get me wrong, but he is a little bit of a game manager. Like, that's the entire way this offense is set up. Not to say he's a bad quarterback, not to say he couldn't thrive in a different situation. This is also his second year in the league. Like, he came out of college. There's a reason why he was a seventh-round draft pick. He's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he also has... The ability to rely on McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel. Like, he has one of the best coaches in the league. Probably the best weapons in the league. He hasn't been relied on to win games that often. And this is a spot where I could see Detroit getting up here a little bit. Purdy having to do most of the stuff because they're not going to be able to just run the ball down Detroit's throat the entire time. So, I'm, I'm more on the Detroit side a lot. I'm more on the under a lot. I think this is going to be a ground and pound game for the Detroit side of things. I think this is going to be a close game. And I think there's a decent chance that the Lions end up winning this one. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Detroit is like, okay, yes, they have not been a good defense. They have tightened up in the red zone, though, because their run defense is so good. And their secondary gets less exposed in those situations. And I think there is something to that. And of course, like red zone, small samples are kind of noisy. But I think there's a world where... You know, San Francisco may move the ball, and they're surely going to move the ball. They move the ball on everybody. Even the Baltimore game, they had six yards per play. But when they get down to the red zone, like there are going to be situations where they should go for it, and maybe they don't. Maybe Shanahan kind of blinks a little bit and kicks field goals, and that keeps Detroit in this game. That's what I think is going to happen. And who's going to go for it every single time? Motor City Dan Campbell. Yeah, especially against a bad run defense. Like we could see, we're not used to it too often. I mean, outside of the Baltimore game. But Detroit could control time of possession in this game, which is a weird thing should. against San Francisco. All right. I double-checked it. One of their last 12 outside. Yep. That was the Chicago was the game. game. Jared Goff, 161 through the year. They ran the ball 24 times. Gibbs and Montgomery, 66 yards apiece on the ground. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's have some fun to wrap it up. Some potential Super Bowl look-ahead picks. So, full disclosure, some of these that these guys give out, you can bet these now, but if it doesn't play out, the bet's void uh, if the matchup doesn't happen. In some cases, that each of the guys are going to weigh in with one. So, for example, Brandon, you're going to play an angle, which... (laughs) This is kind of funny because if Detroit does win, uh, this sets up for you to maybe get a good number on the team they play. Yeah, if we get a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl, that for me, I I have two articles up this week, one with the bundle, one's on my own. I rank the Super Bowls in order of just how fun are they. Ravens-Lions to me is my lowest fun because it is my most confident bet. And I would I'd be all over the Ravens. So I want to love the Ravens minus three and a half right now, especially because I don't think the Lions are going to get there anyway, clearly. But that bet just gets voided otherwise. This is the one matchup that I just don't think is super competitive. Lamar, not my MVP, but sure played like it when they played the Lions in week seven. The game was over halfway through the second quarter. It's 28-0. The Ravens drove four yeah. times for touchdowns. The Lions went three and out three times in between. It's 32 plays, 323 yards at that point to 13 Detroit yards. Lamar has 357, three touchdowns and a running touchdown. Perfect game, basically. Uh, Baltimore's defense also had a huge game. Their actual MVP, the Lions offense cruising early, got totally shut down. Jared Goff got sacked five times. Jared Goff has an interception. They go 7 of 22 on third and fourth downs, so we're going to get a lot of that aggression coming back here. I just think it's not outdoors, but Jared Goff against Mike McDonald's defense, no way am I backing that side in the Super Bowl. Like That's really all I need to know is Jared Goff against Mike McDonald and all that defense there. So you heard the case earlier about Detroit defense against top offenses. Baltimore is not San Fran, but I think they can get some points too. First game ended 38-6. to six. I don't think we're getting a 38-6, to six, so it's obviously going to be closer to that. But I honestly think this line should be closer to a touchdown than a field goal. It's already starting to tick up at some books, even as a hypothetical line. I've seen it four and a half at some books, so I wouldn't be too surprised. Four and a half, five, five and a half is kind of the dead zone. If it's moving that way anyways, could this get to five and a half or six? That's where I think it should be. So I'm looking for the closing line value as usual. So give me the minus three and a half and get in before the uh, four if you can at your book. And, uh, you know, I hope we don't get it because I don't think it'll be a fun Super Bowl. I think the Ravens will roll, but we may as well make some early money now if we can. And again, to be very clear, I asked this question before we recorded because even I was unsure. You can bet this now. And if neither of these teams are in this Super Bowl, so if it's Kansas City and Detroit or Baltimore and San Francisco, the bet voids. Yes. Very clear. So DeBundo. Similar boat, but going to a total. The rematch from Christmas Day. San Francisco, Baltimore is where you're targeting something. Ravens Lions is, is Brandon's worst nightmare because he hate, you know he's been so anti Lamar and, and uh, hates the Lions apparently. But I love the over again in Ravens Niners if we get it again. I mean they closed forty seven and a half uh, on the grass in Santa Clara outdoors. It would be forty seven and a half indoors according to the current number at Vegas. I don't agree with that. It should be a full point higher. Uh, these two teams played that game. I bet the over that day. I said both offenses are going to be able to move the ball. The Niners' defense remains overvalued. Uh, and even though San Francisco only got to 19 points, they had 6.3 yards per play and over 350 yards of offense. They just had two red zone interceptions and another one in plus territory. Um, so all of the turnovers that happened, you know, 
dramatically changed the outcome of the final score, which by the way, still went over and went to 52. So I really think the total would be too, too low given the quality of the offenses at 47 and a half. So uh, I know it's Vinovich and he's a notorious under ref, doesn't call a lot of flags, but uh, I think the over is the play there if we get the chalky Super Bowl. Uh, and one of the fun things, if we do get Ravens Lions, like, yes, we all watched that game happen, but there's always a counter. So I'd be interested to see what Detroit could do to uh, must drop a counter to to the Baltimore domination in the first meeting. Okay, Grant Neifer, what do you have for us? I'm 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 going with the lowest juiced bet on the board generally, which you can always line shop, but generally you can find the juice around minus 102, minus 103. I'm going heads. Um, it's been it's been a weird last decade in terms of the coin flip. We've we've had a lot of streaks four four or five heads in a row, four tails in a row, then heads, then two tails, two heads. And you would think since it was tails last year, it's going to be tails again this year. No, it's going to be heads this year. I think and that's what I'm going with. It's one of my favorite bets every single Super Bowl. I generally know how my day is going to go after the coin flip. Outside of last year, went heads again and lost it, and still ended up making a boatload of money on the Super Bowl. But it's it's I think I have my lean towards heads here, and I'm really liking it. (laughs) That's fantastic. Keep an eye out for more props like this for the Super Bowl in the Propapalooza episode uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. So keep an eye out for that. I think we're done here. Great work, gentlemen. Grant Neifer, Anthony DeBundo, Brandon Anderson. Find them in the Action app. You can find them and follow them individually. Uh, My name is Brendan Glasheen. Thank you all for listening to our NFL Conference Championship Weekend Best Bets episode presented by our friends at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Don't forget to download the app, as I mentioned. Find our contributors in the Action Network Discord. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a five-star review like our pal M. Torres and leave a review about Brock Purdy if you want. Talk about how great he is, how great or how bad Lamar Jackson is. Really comes to fruition this week. Yeah, I noticed the Niners jersey, too. You never even mentioned that. Love there Brock it is. Purdy. Yep. There it is. Love Lamar Jack. I love everybody. You're that kind of guy, DeBundo. It's, it's great. Okay, everybody, best of luck this weekend. We'll see you next time here on the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM. Good luck. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.